to me Cause I'm a little unsteady A little unsteady Welcome to Breaking the Mask podcast, a place where we have our guests tell their story through their lens for the very first time for the audience. Today we have Mason in the studio talking about love, loss and despair and what he needed to get through those dark moments. Stay tuned. Thanks for coming today, Mace. Um, a good opportunity to be involved in this project. This is, um, this is episode one, which is pretty cool to have you being the first person to sort of tell your story. Um, we've um, got this moving for a reason to sort of, you know, get it out there around um, mental health and and people being able to tell their stories from the from the ground up and what they've been through and um, and let the audience know that there's um, there's positive directions we can make in um, in life and and get things moving. So. Um, Thanks for coming again, and um, we'll, get, we'll get stuck into it. Um, just want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Most uh, recently, just turned forty-seven. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm a father of three beautiful kids: fifteen-year-old boy, eleven-year-old daughter, and, a, and another five-year-old son. My um, my wife is a, a Kokong, so yeah, I've been in Christchurch most of my life. Um, I spent quite a bit of time in and out of. Crisis and Australia, mm -hmm. um, both the countries. So yeah, almost even split living uh, on loft there and here. So, yep. Um, I work in the youth justice sector uh, with vulnerable youth. Um, so yeah, they're, they're kids that age. The youngest could be about nine, uh, raging up to the age of twenty. So yeah, uh, that's the space I'm in at the moment. I've been off work. I just returned to work recently. I've been off uh, due to injury, so yeah, it's good to be back. Nice. How are you um how are you finding things in the uh, the justice sector at the moment with obviously the youth and bits and pieces? How's that how's that for you? It's a tough gig. Um, I think something people need to be mindful of. It's not a majority; it's a minority of kids that are doing this sort of stuff, the, the hardy and stuff. But um, it, it definitely is getting a little bit harder in that space uh, due to the severity. And the level of harm that's, that's increasing, but we're seeing it from younger and younger kids, so yeah, a bit to contend with. Is there room for change in that space? Like, is there actually, you know, obviously we talk about the mental health side of things and and um and life and adolescence and coming through. Obviously, that has a huge impact um, as youngsters and and that stuff coming through. Is there, you know, um, yeah, room for change and things actually heading in the right direction, or is it still the same stuff happening over and over again? Uh, there's definitely room for change, and uh, the point you touched on about things happening over and over, yeah, there's cycles that keep repeating themselves and patterns that are there that are not too difficult to pick up. Mm. But um, trying to deal with that one-size sort of fits-all sort of approach doesn't work. Yep. So, you know, um, where I'm at, you know, we've got 10 kids huddled up into one unit, and it's just one unit, and it's just too many kids, mm. you know, that needs to be more intimate. Mm. Um, smaller group to be able to get through to them. So, and, and that requires a multitude of people with different skill sets to be able to manage that space, not just them, but um, when they go back to their families and their communities. Mm. So yeah, if, you, if you're going to try and get a win, mm. however that looks for them. So. so out of curiosity, man, what's the reasons why you've sort of, um, I guess, have been doing it for a while now, what's the reasons, you know, at your core, that you, you do it, you still enjoy it? Is it something that sort of still sits pretty close to your, to your heart? Uh, I've got a similar background to some of these kids. Um, 
violence, abuse, um, a lot of physical violence. Um, 24 years next year in the organisation. So yeah, it's uh, a piece of work that resonates with me. Um, no one gets rich from doing it, but you do it because you you want to be there. Mm. So that that's something that resonates deeply with me um, as those kids. So um, you know, people ask all the time, "Why do you do it?" It could be someone else, but, but well, it could be. But I actually enjoy doing that sort of stuff. If you can, if you can just help one kid along the way. You know, that, that has a massive impact on their whānau, their family, their community, um, and the trajectory of their own life and people that they touch. So, yeah, it's, it's an important piece of work. Couldn't agree more. Um, I just picked up on you said, you know, um, you sort of come from that upbringing. Do you, um, is that something you want to share with us today? I'm going to go into that. You just want to start us from maybe yeah. as, a, uh, as a youngster, as a kid, as a sort of context in regards to, I guess, Developing you as a person for the audience, just so we can get a yep. idea. So, I grew up in um, obviously in Christchurch, Shirley, um, and parts of that um, was back in Oz. So, you know, right through primary school, intermediate, and high school, I was back and forth. But uh, my dad, um, and I just called him that just recently. Um, it was just off his rocker eh, with just the way he. He, he like managed me and his and my younger brother, so you know it was just ruling with an iron fist. Um, on the surface, you know, you look like the happy island family that goes to church every Sunday, but um, nothing could be further from the truth. Like you know, just getting beaten, <laughs> you know, Sunday evening and church was finished. That the beatings would start from there right through to Sunday morning, the next Sunday morning. You know, that, that um, weighed heavily on me as a child. Um, looking back, I, I think I had some serious like, developmental issues, mm -hmm. learning, um, even uh, physical, psych psychological mm -hmm. um, sort of damage that was done. And then just acting out and behaving in a very similar manner mm -hmm. when I was at, at school. Mm -hmm. um, and it was through most stages of school, so at an early age, um, just fighting with kids at school. I had long hair, mm. and that didn't get chopped off till I was about eight, but that didn't help. Um, just the way I was coping, it was just lashing out all the time, violently. <clears throat> and that went right through to my last year of high school in, in Sydney, Belmore Boys. Um, yeah, majority of the time, there was no Relation, relational, conversational sort of relationship with my my, my dad. Mm. It was just um, his way, or yeah, or you get a hiding. And um, I spent a lot of my time in the darkness, just man, just wanting to take my own life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the only reason that didn't happen because I was just too cowardly, just too chicken to do it. Mm. But um, I'm glad I didn't do it. Um, so I spent the last 23 years just. Not just helping other people, but just really coming to grips with things that happened. Mm. Um, still learning how to let some of those things go. There's obviously sometimes when things happen, um, I've got to be real mindful how I react and respond 
not to uh, let that, um, <laughs> that old stuff start to resurface. So I wouldn't say it's completely gone, yeah. but um, I think on the surface I just manage it a whole lot better that, than what I used to. So that's something that I recognise a lot in the young guys that I deal with, even some of the young females that I deal with is just that that sense of uh, feeling of hopelessness, like there's just no way out. Yeah. But there is, you know. Um, I had five girl cousins here in, in Christchurch, as well as in Sydney, who played a massive part in um, just helping me stay sane. Yep. My mum was one of those people, my grandma my mum's side. Mm -hmm. um, they just added that soft touch, yep. <clears throat> which is what I needed to um, soften my heart, so to speak, because yep. uh, it was just, you know, people just say, man, you're just, why are you hard all the time? Mm. But when you're subjected to that sort of stuff, you know, 24 7. It comes as a still baby, right? Yeah, it's just, mm. it's like a way of being. It's like, well, if you don't know any other way, then that's how you're going to be. Um, I remember my dad, I think I was like seven or eight. It must have been seven before I cut my hair. Um, standing on my neck at the church. You know, they give me the bash and the, the congregation just stood there and just watched and it's like, you know, I look back at that and I think, man, you know, I guess that's why I'm a bit advocate now and I have been for the last two and three years for, for young people, the youth, and especially those who can't stand up for themselves. Like, I just can't stand that bullying type sort of stuff. And although, you know, not being a hypocrite, I did similar type behaviour. Mm. And not justifying it. A lot of the time I was going after other people yep. that were doing that to others. So, I'm not saying it's right, but, um, you know, I can look back at that and reflect and I'm able to share some insights with the, a lot of the, the young people I work with and the staff, because a lot of them don't, don't understand. And you'll hear a lot of the time they'll be like, oh, yeah, I understand how you feel. It's like, don't be saying that to people when you, when you don't really have an idea. Absolutely. You know, if you haven't had that... Um, you know, it's okay. Lived yeah, that lived an experience. Yeah, it's, it's all good in theory, but man, they only go so far. So, yeah, so that's in a nutshell why I do what I do. I still do it. Um, it, it the way the system is at the moment, it's, it's really discouraging uh, how we work. Yeah. Now, there, there's definitely a better way. I'm not saying I'm the leading expert in that, but damn, um, there is definitely a way to do it so much more, you know, more effectively. And causing less damage to, to kids who've had some real uh, damage, you know, inflicted on them, you know, not just physically, but that psychological stuff as well that's going on inside their heads. So, so yeah. Well, it becomes systemic and, and, and instilled. So it's not a case of just a simple band-aid approach that just sort of breaks a cycle. You know, when you've been around that. <clears throat> Um, your whole entire childhood and been exposed to that sort of thing. It's not, not something that just goes away overnight. It needs to be worked on holistically and over a period of time. You know, you get involved with these youth, and you, as you well probably know, and I'm no expert in it either, but it's not a come in and see us for a few weeks and we'll get you right. It's a let's spend the next 10 years with this person and see if we can reform them and help them out and get them back on the right track and, and help build their lives back up again, you know. I think that's so important. Yeah, definitely takes time. Um we had a boy that we had for almost two years, and we've had kids for longer than that in the past, but um, you know, he had a certain gang affiliation, and um, by the time he was done with us, he was just like a, a brand new kid, like mm -hmm. a whole different kid, mm -hmm. um, you know, helping the staff, 
uh, we would, you know, had the ability to take him out to the community. Um, and unfortunately for him, uh, the the gang tracked him down mm -hmm. and, and dragged him straight back into it. Mm -hmm. uh, only recently, I just heard he's just got out. So you yeah. got the bash. He was in hospital for quite a while. His mate didn't quite make it. I was just sad, but um, that's kind of the way things go with that that sort of lifestyle. So, Absolutely. but you know, we're we're really happy that he he's got out of that. Um, and he's just leading a whole different life, so um, I think a lot of it is not just sharing experiences and how to get things uh, through things with life, but just showing the kids there's a better way. You know, there's another way to live your life. It's not just it's just traumatic, you know, and unhealthy and undesirable sort of life experiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole other world out there. You just you know, look at the brighter side of life and just be around different people. And for me, I, it was like that. I had to change the environment and just change the people I was around. Um, I dropped quite a few friends that just, some of them still involved in the gang stuff. I was like, you know, how's that helping you? And then how's that helping your, your family and your kids? And a lot of them do have kids. And the response I get, you know, is a lot of the time it's, it's, it's not always what you think it is. It's like, well, what is it then? You know, one hand you're doing this illegal stuff, mm -hmm. and then you're trying to play good parent, you know, law-abiding citizen. That, that's, those two things don't go together. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So just working with those those young those young guys, and then just trying to work with their whanau as well. Yeah. Just trying to, I'm not saying. The whole network approach, yeah, rather we, we, than just a yeah. few people being involved with bandit affecting. Yeah, but not saying well, we know better, but it's like, man, how you're doing it currently is is not taking you anywhere positive. It's not going to lead to anything that's going to make you really happy. It's going to make you, you know, more sad. It's going to drive you to depression. It's going to drive you to using whatever that you've been doing, how you're coping. Because yeah. a lot of the time, the kids, you know, that they're, they're they're coming down off drugs and yeah, drugs, alcohol and alcohol yeah. uses. Yeah, and so we we see all the behaviours. Uh, more of the things that people in the community don't see, we deal with. It's, it's man, it's a tough gig, mm. you know. Um, I give my, you know, take my hat off to anyone that can do it, and do it well. Um, it's not for everyone. So yeah, it's, it's just trying to share some experiences, trying to better someone's life, just leave them a little bit better than what you found them. Um, yeah, and I know, I know what that's like firsthand. Mm. You know, I still deal with that now. Um, yeah, and try to give it to my own kids, so, you know, I'm glad that I haven't repeated that cycle with my own kids, mm. that's where it stopped. Um, my oldest boy, yeah, he's 15, like I said, um, I'm just trying to try and develop a, a decent human being, mm. you know, that's going to be my legacy with my kids, Absolutely. you know, so they can go out there into the world and, and do good and help other people, you know, help themselves first and foremost, um, and my job's done, so yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for giving us some, some insight. Um, you know, talking, going, just drawing back on what you were just saying a minute ago, um, you know, you talk about growing up in that environment and it being, um, I guess, to a certain degree, instilled in you as well. You got to a point at, you know, towards your later teens and into your um, adult life. You're now 23 years, 24 years involved in the sector, helping support people, and I guess turning the whole 
um, space in your your terms in your world and on its head and, and trying to support the space where you come from a background of that damage and that um that hurt and and you know um in bits and pieces so there must have been potentially a pivotal point in your history where something changed or you were able to build yourself out of that you know like it does like a season like most things don't just happen overnight so or yeah. there was a potentially a pivotal point was there that yeah definitely uh there was I think it was little bits and pieces there where it was definitely that definitely helped me change my trajectory. Um, one of them was a, a guy that I had met actually it was earlier in the school, and you know, um, him and I had some a pretty decent physical altercation. Yeah. Um, I seen him years later, and um, I seen him in town, and I was like, oh, that guy. So I crossed the road and. As I crossed the road, he crossed the road as well, and I was, in my head I was thinking, what are you doing? Mm. So then he stopped me, I was just like, trying not to make eye contact, he stopped me and um, he was like, hey, do you remember me? And I was like, oh yeah. I said, yeah, I remember you. He goes, <laughs> so in my head I was struggling about as to why he stopped me, but I, asked, mm. so I just asked him, I said, why did you stop me? He goes, oh, I just want to say hello. I said, knowing what I did to you, mm. you know, and it's still permanently on his face like and he um, said to me that was ages ago you know this water under the bridge sort of thing and um, yeah I was take, a bit taken back by that because that was quite a I think that, you know most people that quite have quite a big impact mm. um, most of the people I dealt with were P.I. Mouldy this guy was a Pākehā guy and um, yeah that really hit me out I was like got a bit teary out I was like freaking hell mm. um, and you're thinking, well, what does that teach me? It's like, you know, about forgiveness is massive, you know, <laughs> not holding on to grudges and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, just being in Oz, um, uh, one of my first cousins here, he was another one that played, we got the same birthday, he, he played a pivotal part of me, just always encouraging me, always offering a space. He was younger, um, when I was a little bit older, at his house if, if I needed. Um, and then my cousins and Oz. I spent time over there. I try to escape. I try to escape my demons, mm. so to speak. Mm. You know, I thought I could just run to another country, and that's a lot of what that was about. Yeah. Going back and forth between here in Australia, with Sydney, um, was just trying to hide, trying to run from my problems, uh, thinking that, you know, if I go, and I'm out of sight, out of mind. In my head, that was the rationale I was giving myself. I was like, nah, sweet, I just have fresh start every single time. Yeah. And it was kind of jacked up way of thinking, like, yeah, I'll just keep jumping shit every time things get a bit tough, like it's all going to blow up. Mm. I'll just go, like, plane ticket off. And the last time that happened was on this, uh, it was 99. Uh, I, was, I got a job. This guy named Charlie Fruin, uh, awesome guy, someone guy. Um, yeah, he gave me a job, he's the one that gave me a first go at the gig doing youth work. He worked for the Salvation Army mm -hmm. in, um, in Liverpool, so he, he's awesome. He was one of the, the ones that, um, that, I, that I will always remember, I won't forget his kindness. Mm -hmm. That he shown me and gave me the opportunity to work in the commu community centre yep. with um, some pretty rough kids. But um, it was what I, I'd known and grown up with, what I was used to, so I was familiar with that. Um, at the time I was bouncing, 
and yeah that that wasn't a very good mix uh-huh. uh, trying so, to hide from those demons and get away from them they yeah, probably just presented to you yeah. every day of the week so it, it wasn't good um you know getting into assault physical altercations monday to sunday mm. being a part of my uncle's church playing in the band you know that all these things that were going on at the time like a lot of the time it's water off a duck's back people don't think about it too much but if you analyze it a little bit closer mm. so you're trying to teach people how to live better lives yeah. how to manage self how to be a decent human being what does that mean you know about mm. contributing not just take 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 from people you know and then go yeah i'm going to my job at night time where i'm just throwing people out the door dealing with junkies dealing with alcoholics all sorts of people gang mm. members and then going to church on sunday morning that was a lot and at the time i don't I was aware of it, but I was just keep fobbing it off. It's like, just, no, 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 I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good. But after about a year of it, it got a bit, quite a bit intense. Um, things got quite heavy with the gang side of things. I was never a gang member, but I associated a lot with a lot of guys over there that I got on real well with. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of Serbians and then a lot of um, Asian, there was an Asian gang that was quite prominent at the time yep. that I was quite tight with. So always treated me really well always respectful um, but in my heart I knew I was like this is not good for you yeah. this is not going to end well Absolutely. and had I stayed I don't know what would I well I do I probably, probably dead or in prison yeah I probably would have yeah. but I probably would have been dead because I would, probably wouldn't want to go to prison yeah. but nah so um, yeah I, I got my ticket and I said to my family over there look I'm, I've got to go back go back to New Zealand, you know, my whole plan around, you know, coming in here and starting fresh again, mm. didn't work out like I thought. However, out of all that sort of stuff, you know, it was really good because I, I met a guy who gave me a chance to, to, to start that youth worker journey. Mm. So when I came back to Christchurch in 2000, uh, two of my friends who were playing the Crusaders at the time, um, you know, I think this is one of those things that I'm a big believer things are supposed to happen the way they do. Mm. Uh, they saw me in town, um, open around and, and said, look, we're working at this uh, youth justice facility, you know, do you want to come give it a jam? I think you'd be good at it. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, cool. And you know, I just, I met some amazing people, eh? and uh, I met this little Asian fella when I went for my interview, mm. and uh, he, he met me in the foyer. Just. Yeah, you wouldn't think much of him. Came and said hello, and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, what's this fella up to? And um, started questioning me. I was like, oh, <laughs> what are you unearthed out of this? I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And um, in a nutshell, he gave me all the answers, pretty much gave me all the answers for the questions, yep. uh, just by conversating. And when I walked into the room, he was there. He was on the panel, and yeah. I was like, dude, seriously? He said, oh, nice to meet you. Like I just met him. I was like, this guy cracks me up. Yeah. And um, after after the interview, the, the lady, that other lady that was part of the panel, she says, oh my gosh, you were, you, you know, just a, a breath of fresh air. You were the best candidate this morning. Yeah. The interview was on point, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my Lord, if yeah. only you knew. Yeah. That guy sitting next to you yeah. um, ended up becoming one of my mentors and uh, really good at martial arts. Interesting character. Um, 
That's super interesting that he just picked you, like whether he got some inside knowledge from somebody else before he met you or whether he just he just know. picked you from a person and went something about you, you know? Yeah, he was he was really, really cool. So um yeah, I don't I don't know what that was about. I don't think him just no, maybe giving someone a chance, maybe. But yeah, he is an awesome dude. Um later on I met another little Asian fella mm -hmm. who's quite high up in um that organisation. Um he worked for the New Zealand uh, Fire Service and the Army, mm -hmm. and now uh, he's up in Auckland working for their, um, their district health. So uh, he's been my mentor and supporter, big supporter, uh, throughout this whole time as well. So yeah, just that's really helped me in my journey, mm. just just absorbing and learning off those people. Uh, yeah, I just really appreciate it and where I am today. You know, I'm alive, I'm well. My kids have got a roof over their head. They feed every day, mm. you know, and I get the opportunity to go to work and try to make a difference, you know. And um, people, you know, out there listening, watching, might be thinking, well, you're not really making a difference. Yeah, here we are, yeah. you know. It's, it's little by little, you know, like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding, I'm an example of that. Right. You know, years ago, um, I thought I would have been dead. Yep. Um, teachers that I met at school, you know, you're going to be useless, you're going to be nothing. I heard it all. Um, kids in my class but, you know um, as it turned out I've done better than most of them mm. and it's not about um, ego this is not about being a shape pony or whatever mm. it's about having some hope and, and believing in yourself but I know that's kind of hard if you're uh, in a real bad spot mm. you know it's all it's, it's all um, you know nice and rosy when things are going well but when you wake up and you feel like the world's on top of you that's when you really get tested that's when those things come to test you hard out. So again, um, I've got some real good support. Um, my wife is really is a great support for me. Mm. Uh, I try not to offload too much to her. Um, try to be mindful of that. Yeah. And that's taken a wee while to learn to learn that. Yeah. Um, as well as my work, because man, that's so it's so taxing. It is so taxing, and people will be thinking, "Well, why do you do it?" So I feel like it's what I was called to do, for now, yep. and it's it's a long time coming. But um, I'm looking at other opportunities mm -hmm. out there where I can still help, mm -hmm. but um, maybe not give so much of myself. Um, I've got my family who are really important to me; they're number one. But um, I'm also mindful if I'm not in a good space, then neither will they. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm just grateful. Man. Grateful I'm still here. I'm grateful I met you and I saw your message on that page. I was like, man, I'll reach out to the brother and see where I can help. So, cool, yeah, always try to help. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'd, <clears throat> for me, this is, um, this isn't really, a, this is not for personal gain by any means, in shape or form. I'm just, I want to, I really want to help and present to the wider public um, what people have been through and, and you know that I guess serving back in a way that's not you know self-motivated you're not trying to better your, like you know you're obviously going to be bettering yourself by dealing with a lot of people in bits and pieces but you're not going to get financial gain on it to get you know it's ultimately comes down to the person you're trying to support and trying to help and I think that's it goes a long way and if we can build a wide network of people trying to do that then we're going to be better off um out of curiosity where did your grounding come from because you had such a hard upbringing from what you've told us but you're so well grounded and you're quite philosophical about quite a few things you talk about. 
is, has there been someone in your life in the past, grandma, granddad, mum or dad, or whatever it might be that sort of, that that's, that stems from? Because that's not something that sort of just gets learnt, that's something that's developed over a period of time, probably from an experience or from multiple experiences. Like, is there something that, where that comes from? Because not, not unusual, but it's definitely, from what you've been through in bits and pieces, it's how grounded you are, it's, yeah, it's quite amazing, actually. My granddad died in 2007. Well, not 2007. Oh, when well, no, I was seven, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, although I was young, you know, I was like his personal chaperone. Like, <laughs> I shot him everywhere. Mm-hmm. He was blind. Yeah. And so, you know, it was this big man. His name in the English literally means mountain. His name is Monga. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I spent so much time with him, it wasn't funny. And he was staunch as hell. Um, I'm sure I read in psychology, when they talk about trying, there's you either do or you don't, and he was like that. Mm-hmm. He was so like that. He was like, you either do, do or you don't. You do what I tell you to do or you don't do it. And um, he kind of wired that into my head. Um, up until the day that he passed and I think you know somewhere deep inside of me when I knew that that comes out and um, together with my grandma um, who you left behind in 1984 you know she was the soft side of it you know um, so she t- I think she tempered that really well so through all the traumatic stuff that I'd been through she was there all the way through, right up, right up until when she passed in 1998. Um, she was always there, just that. It's almost like my conscious, like, just telling me all the time, you know, do you think that's, you know, a good decision to make? Never told me off, never spoke harshly to me. Um, if you talk about taming a beast, so to speak, this tells me that you don't have to go at things a certain way, you know, use aggression, you know, power and control, um, use force, beat people into submission. You don't have to do that sort of stuff. There's a way to be able to manage and get through and connect with people that people actually feel like they're valued. And that's how my grandmother made me feel. She was always there, and I guess a lot of that lives inside of me now. So I just try to emanate how to act and behave to, to honour their legacy. So that's where that comes from. Is there anything pivotal in that relationship? I can just see the emotion in your face and your in your your body language that there's something definitely below the surface. I would imagine from what I can see. Um, that's a lot stronger when I mean, you talked about your granddad passing away, but as soon as you start talking about your grandma, your whole demeanor sort of changed and it went a lot deeper. Is there something you don't have to share with us, obviously, if you don't, if you don't feel like you're comfortable, but just from the way you're talking, something seems a little bit different. Is there something there? A curiosity? <laughs> oh, she's just saved me so many times. Mm.
she saved me a lot of the time from just taking my own life, pretty much. Always talking since. Never a harsh word. I think everyone needs that. Someone like her, someone like my granddad, you know, someone that believes in them, you know, that you could do better. Um, you know, she, she had no money, didn't have any money, she had a pension. But whatever she could give, she would give it. You know, wholeheartedly, never held back. You know, even if it was five dollars, it's like you know, this is the last dollar she had. She'd give it. Mm. Um, lived real simple, simple life. Um, her and I, <coughs> still to this day, I don't understand how, or why, because we've got a massive family. Mm -hmm. um, we lived together while I was intermediate uh, for about a year. I think it was twelve. So we stayed in our own, we had our own flat. Mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit later, two of our cousins came and lived with us. But, you know, that was one of the, the things that, if you're, if you're talking about what was pivotal for me, was that was always there. Mm. You know, and then, you know, you ask me today, you know, that really starts to unearth that stuff that was, that's been sitting there all along. Oh, it's been there. Yeah, that, 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 it's, it's what I needed. And that was, my anchor that kept me grounded. Mm. Not to go further than, you know, just taking that step further mm. where I know I couldn't have come back from it. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's what saved, that saved me. You know, it's not money, it's not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's not giving someone you know, everything that you think they need, like, if you're talking about materialistic sort of things, mm. it's not that. If that was true, celebrities wouldn't be taking their own lives and Absolutely. turning to things to try and manage their world, you know. And um, yeah, man, a little old lady, you know. I never talked back to her. I had not the biggest respect for her. Mm. And my granddad, like, if he. Had been alive right up until 98, mm. like the old lady. Man, a lot of my family wouldn't have turned out the way they did. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of us probably would have went down some of the things that we'd done because maybe I would have kicked your ass. I'm not saying violence is what solves things, but it was the way he disciplined you. Mm. Um, I just knew that he cared and he loved deeply for me um, versus what my dad did, you know, just telling me. I did this because I love you, and I was like, no. You did it because you can't control yourself, you can't manage yourself, mm. you know? And I could see it on your face. Yeah. yeah. What is on your heart is coming out and how you act and behave. So that's, um, it's taken me a long time to try and soften my exterior, but it still comes out. It's, um, it's not until people actually sit down and have a chat actually get to talk and get to know you that they realise, oh, I'm cut up. 
So I thought, do you hear the scary dude? I was like, <laughs> doesn't help now, I'm bored. Mm. But, um, you know, um, kids and stuff that work like that too, you know. Beneath the, the hard exteriors is a guy who used to play in the band for freaking years, mm. you know, the, the, the church band. Uh, I used to love and enjoy that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, but over time, uh, like I've shared with you guys, things have happened. Um, I lost my faith in the church, mm-hmm. which is where I shouldn't have had my faith in the first place. But, you know, I'm not blaming them. It's just all part and parcel, and part of my journey, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm grateful. I'm here. And like I said, um, what has been the thing that's kept me grounded? It's my grandma and my granddad for sure. And everyone needs that. I try to emanate and demonstrate that to the people and the young people that I work with. You know, it's like there's hope, man. There's always someone out there that'll that'll care. But first of all, and it's, I know it's hard. You got to care for yourself. Mm. Act and behave in a way. Treat yourself like someone that you really care about. Yeah. I am. Um, <clears throat> for the many people I've talked to in my life, and I've got a. A, um, a pretty vast um, you know, life story in regards to the amount of people I've spoken to um, and experiences I've witnessed and, and heard in bits and pieces. And I keep coming back to the same thing, you know, we can create all the systems and all the framework and all the bits and pieces in the world, but everyone, like most people I've spoken to, it comes down to connection, it comes down to people, like just being there in those moments or or and not wanting to take anything from those moments, like just organically wanting to be there and give back. And, you know, when you're going through those moments, I can imagine when you were, you know, um, suicidal and, and depressed and bits and pieces early in your life, it wouldn't have been going through your head, what's, what's this person doing or what are they trying to get out of this and bits and pieces. It was just becomes the subconscious, you know, in the back of your mind um, that they're giving, they just keep, continue to keep giving. And I guess that's probably where a lot of your groaning comes from, which is, which is amazing, really. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty interesting story, man. Like <laughs> from start to finish, I can imagine there's probably um, a few more layers um, and a few different places that are a bit deeper than that. But um, it definitely gives us a huge insight in regards to what it looks like, and definitely, I guess, the positive side of it as well about where you are now, like what you're doing, and the amount of you know lives you've changed in the last 23 years to to be to be better and and for people to better themselves. Um, yeah, thanks for coming in today. Eh? Really appreciate it. It's all good. It's been awesome. Appreciate it, Tom. <laughs>